0: nhr the podcast with jr and pat hello NI hoops nation and hello pat uh, welcome to nhr the hoops or nhr the podcast after a two-week hiatus because of the uh holiday break we are back and uh well there has been a lot of action over the last two weeks pat uh uh, still a lot of good games, and uh, you know the the crazy part about uh, all these games going on is that we have still are in the heart of a lot of conference play. You know, you think that uh, a lot of teams take the, this week or two weeks off and and play a lot of non-conference games, but we've had a quite a few conference games as well. Right? Yeah,
1: and I think we're starting to see kind of the, the cream rise to the top here, where you know some teams are really starting to separate themselves and and these next few weeks are pivotal, right? This, this is where league play really, really starts to ramp up and these games really start mattering. We, we talk about some of those bigger conferences that have a, you know, a bunch of teams, all of these games matter for conference tournament seating because not every team makes a conference tournament. So, um, and we mentioned, you know, about rosters and I know we're going to get into this, but you know, who's available on what teams due to the, you know, the COVID dynamic It seems to be back. So, um, team's got to be super disciplined and super locked in as we head down the stretch. It's one
0: of those things, Pat, where you know we we I don't want to say we were wrong. You know, we we spent a uh, a lot of a lot of conversation in the last we're never uh, wrong last so. episode. Yeah. We're never wrong, but uh, <laughs> you know, we spent a lot of time in the last episode talking about uh, how uh, the big big change over break will be who's added to rosters. Um, as NAI, you know, has a unique rule uh, where kids can actually transfer in and play right away as long as they're eligible. Uh, but really the storyline here, and, and unfortunately it's probably going to be even more into the next couple of weeks as kids come back and they went home and traveled and, and all that stuff. It, it, it's not so much about who's been on rosters, and we've ha- we've seen some of those too, but um, it's who's not. Uh, and not on rosters is a wrong terminology, but who's not playing on a game, you know. We saw Alex Gross not make it uh, uh, play against St. Francis, which, uh, you know, still – or ONU. and u all of it, Nazarene still uh, gave St. Francis a game. And then, you know, saw Anthony Johnson from Rochester uh, not make the trip down to Florida and play uh, for uh, – uh, against the IWU in the rematch. And, and you know, I don't want to say any of those things are, are COVID-related because I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those situations where we have to watch over the, the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's not just the players that are going to be added to rosters, but – you know, we, we're going to see a lot of games that where players uh, are missing games because of or this or that, you know, injuries or, or or unfortunately, hopefully it's not because of COVID. And if it is because of COVID, hopefully everybody's, you know, safe and healthy. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of one of those times, like you said, that uh, it's going to be gonna be a unique situation as, as kids return back from break and um, go through protocols again. And hopefully, you know, it's it, it, hopefully we don't get to a serious point where, you know, it affects the entire season like it did two years ago. Um, but I do think we're at a point where, um, and, and I just want to throw a little tad bit or a little bit of a, of a phrase in here. Sorry. I do want to throw in a little bit of a, uh, you know, conversational starter in here and you can jump at it if you want to Pat. But uh, you know, I, I see the NCAA um, is making a lot of changes. Uh, league change, the NCAA leagues are making a lot of changes to their code protocols as Things go and they're shortening their their uh, from ten days because the CDC uh, is making it five days. You know, a lot of leagues are doing that. But more importantly, teams aren't having to forfeit, and that's something I, I'm I'm seeing a lot of late. You know, over the last couple of weeks, and even in the first semester, a little bit. You know, where teams had a forfeit because of COVID tests and and uh, positive COVID tests. And uh, I, I hope the leagues change I don't know what they can and can't do. You know, it's a little bit. Of a, of a sticky situation because teams have already had a forfeit because of it so now what do you do you know like you're kind of stuck right. um but right. it's just unfortunate you know because i saw um you know and i'm not gonna call anybody out or, or anything like that because i think that's unfair but you know i just don't you know i saw a league the other day where um you know, one game happened or one game got postponed and, and a team had a forfeit because of uh, covid protocols and then uh, you know, a couple games in the league didn't even happen because of the weather. Anyway, you know, it's just unfortunate that uh, you know that that unfortunately that game got you know postponed or got uh, had a forfeit before you know the weather really hit, and, and uh, you know they probably could have pushed that game and rescheduled it, but because it's COVID related, they aren't able to reschedule that. And that's just the the where we're at in the day, uh, or right where we're at right now in this day and age. But uh, it's unfortunate, and uh, we're not here. I guess I'm not here to. Uh, to argue or, or or tell a league that they're wrong, but I do hope that they they uh, with the CDC changing rules that uh, hopefully we'll see some changes of those too. Right.
1: Yeah. And you know I know Holy Cross and IUSB were supposed to play on New Year's Day that got postponed to the tenth. Which I know the calendar we're running out of dates that are available just with the way the schedule is and way you know when the season ends. So I would love to see conferences just try and reschedule these games if at all possible. I mean forfeiting just really just isn't that fair. Um, but it, it's going to fall on the leagues. The leagues are going to have to, you know, adapt quickly and make the necessary changes. But we'd just love to see, you know, every opportunity for these guys to play. And one thing you mentioned is players are going out. another thing, coaches are going out. You know what I mean to so that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Really
1: can kind of change the dynamic of a game where if it's just not your normal head coach, everything. I think that from the top down just kind of throws things off a little bit. So, that's a whole other wrinkle and all this is yeah you might be missing your best player you might be missing your best post player but you could be missing your coach too so hopefully all everybody stays healthy all you know we can play as many games as, as we can so gonna be an interesting interesting um few weeks here as, as we move through it
0: yeah and, and i think it's more more importantly uh you know like we said we're not going to argue or, or say anybody's wrong we just you know, for me, I just feel like if, if you can reschedule a game, you should try at least. And if, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you we have all the scientific data or anything like that. So I don't right, wanna right. I don't wanna sit here and think that we know more than anybody else. They have the data, they can make the decisions that they want to. I just, you know, I would I would like to see if we can reschedule uh, games. Um, that that would at least be the first option. And then if you run out of dates, like you just said, um, yeah, then then maybe you have to forfeit or whatever. But uh, teach their own and. Uh, you yeah. know we're we're gonna we're gonna cover it uh, no matter what. Uh, it's kind of kind of the reason I, I think <laughs> I mentioned it in the last episode or the episode before. It's kind of the reason why it's harder for us to get out. Uh, our uh, we, we always have our player spotlight series, you know, or our, our starting five series that we've been co on this year and uh, trying to bring some attention to the players. And uh, you know we, we we started for a couple of weeks and I called it off the articles because. I was getting you know reports of of some of the players that we had in those articles that weren't gonna be playing. and it's like you know and and for us, you know, why we maybe could be considered the national media. we're really not the national media, and I'm not here to spread you know rumors or 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 use <laughs> us to to report you know who's playing and who's not playing. That's just for for other coaches and yeah. other people. but uh, you know it's it's just one of those things where you know as as the season goes on, we would like to get that series back out. And hopefully, uh, we'll start having you know a little bit more consistency on on players uh, being able to play and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, you know it, it's it's we turned the page on on 2021. We're in 2022, and uh, you know the second half of the year, and uh, already lined up this week for some big games. Uh, we talked uh, a little bit about the you know about the the Crossroads League in the last couple of episodes, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a coach from the Crossroads League on today with us, but. Uh, um, you know, it's one of those situations where, uh, like you said, you know, it's, it's a, it's an important couple weeks here as teams, uh, you know, start having some big time matchups. And, and one of the matchups we're going to see on Tuesday uh, is, is with uh, number nine, Indiana Wesleyan uh, going, traveling to Winona Lake to f- face off with number seven, Grace. Um, Grace is having a great year at 1501 uh, and it's a, uh, it's going to be a fun year for them, no matter what. But uh, Indiana Wesleyan actually has a has a great opportunity in this game because uh, they've already won at Marion, they've already won at St. Francis. All of a sudden, you turn around, you win at Grace, and, and Indiana Wesleyan is going to be the, f- I mean, they're going to own the tiebreakers. They're going to basically own the own the league once again if if they get this win on on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. I know we're going to we're going to talk about more matchups later on, but but uh, kind of a lead in to our. Uh, to our uh, coaches' conversation this week. a uh, Big game coming up. Right, yeah,
1: and, you know, we talked
0: about it last episode, how, how the crossroads kind of cannibalizes
1: itself, and we're seeing it right now, right, where St. Francis, I think, is probably starting to find their, their rhythm again after losing a few in a row. Grace, obviously, has been great all year. Wesleyan has been a little bit up and down. I, I think they're now starting to put it together where Maxwell, I think, has finally realized that he has to be the guy. Uh, him and, and Largely are, are really starting to play well together. Um, and then another team in that league that's kind of, you know, I have one of their games circled this week is Huntington. Huntington plays St. Francis this week. Huntington, I think, has won, what, like eight in a row or something like that. They, they've really been playing well. So the, the Crossroads, you know, I, I pity the fool who, who maybe is speaking right now that thought maybe the Crossroads League was a little bit down. They, they are, are starting to really put it together. Um, so yeah,
0: excited, obviously starting the week off with Grace and Wesley. but it's always a fun league and, and, you know, to be fair to us, we, we, you know, I don't know that we never necessarily said it was down, but as much as it, we were just shocked that they had been losing to, uh, you know, they don't usually lose this many out of conference games and, uh, usually they beat up around the beat up on teams around the NEI and then they go and beat up on each other. And, and that's kind of where they, they suffer their losses. at. that. But, uh, um, yeah, there's, there's three or four teams, five teams probably that, uh, uh, you'll see in the, fi- in the top 25 over the course of the year and uh, still still a great league. And uh, obviously, you know, you have you have a handful of leagues. There are a whole handful of teams in that league, that uh, you won't be shocked if you see uh, them make it to Kansas City this year as, as part of the, the group of 16 that make it. Right, yeah. And I keep thinking about how you talked about
1: St. Francis might end up being a kind of a lower seed, but watch out. You know, if they get placed lower in the bracket, that is a deadly team. I would not want to see them
0: at all. So, uh, well, that, they're, they're even certainly like going to make even, some noise. Yeah. Even like you said, you know, a honey and honey, and type of team that, uh, you know, starting to start, I'm mean, not starting to make noise. They've been making noise, but a, a team that, uh, you know, is very dangerous and, and can go off and knock off a lot of good teams as well. And, and that's, uh, that's just, you know, there, there's several teams from a lot of leagues, you know, that are, that are four or five teams deep, um, that you won't want to see uh, come, come tournament time. But uh, um, it's going to be fun over the next, you know, here in the next month, you know, uh, J- go January, as we turn into February, um, you know, kind of where these playoff pictures start, or at least conference uh, pictures uh, start going because, you know, you're starting to get to a point where, uh, you know, unfortunately we're not going to have the best 64 teams uh, that make the NCA or the NEI tournament. Uh, but it's going to be one of those things where, you know, you're starting to see the team should be a lock to make it as long as they don't uh, have a free fall. You know, and uh, right, yeah. And then, and then you have those teams, you know, that, that like the NAI or NCAA or NCA call it uh, the bubble teams. You know, you're starting to starting to get that, and we'll have that coverage uh, coming up. We we have a uh, we partner with the Red Baron Hoops that uh, does a great job. Uh, um, and and throughout the whole second semester, you know, we kind of have our our uh, tournament watch. Uh, you know, there are kind of our these our own going brackets <laughs> that. Uh, um, but he, he did a good job last year. I think he, I think he went a full 48 to 448 on teams that made the, made the NAI tournament. Yeah. He didn't have all the matchups uh, lined up, but he had a lot of them. But, uh, but uh, by the time that we made our last bracket, uh, all 48 teams in that last bracket were the ones that selected for the NEI uh, national tournament last year. So um, as we move to 64 uh, teams this year, it'll be uh, fun. But, uh, um, yeah, going be, gonna to be another uh, interesting month as we, as we start painting that picture.
1: Right, yeah, and I think you said it, you know, teams really, you know, we're starting to see the, the really top dogs act like the top dogs. Like, you think about Carroll, sagu had a nice win over the – week. you know, last week. Jamestown had a good win over Morningside. And then William and Jessup – William Jessup just continues to roll. So
0: um, – and I'm sure we'll hit
1: on Loyola a little bit later, but
0: – Yeah, you mentioned that Loyola team, That uh, you know, it's an interesting uh... – Group, and I saw your tweet today, you know, and then and, and something we've we've brought up a couple times on here, but to, just the fact that and, – and, and I've been talking to Coach Hollowell a little bit today even, and, and their gym's not fully back. Um, they played in it today just kind of as, as a test to, to see, you know, what kind of happened. And they're, they're another team that, uh, you know, they, they had a couple games, uh, Division One games uh, uh, get postponed because of COVID. And so they haven't even played in like a month, um, you know, but they were able to, to return to the den today. Uh, for those that haven't been updated, uh, the den, uh, uh, Hurricane Ida uh, destroyed it. And, uh, you know, it, it's been, they've been picking up the pieces literally um, and have not played a home game uh, this entire first semester. And, um, and while it sounds like they may not fully be going back to the den, uh, they did have a trial run today. Um, and, and uh, you know, at least they were able to play in the den at least one time for their first actual true home game of the year.
1: Yeah. And, It's not even about, like, shooting on your own rims or or having your locker. It's about, like, you have to get on a bus. You have to travel to the next game. That was, like, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that are just naturally, like, ah, like do we really have to go on another road trip? The toughness that it takes just to play all those road games and stick together as a unit, I mean, they deserve all the credit in the world. That is one of the truest signs of toughness and unity that you'll ever see. So credit to the Ola, I, I just cannot believe how – it is incredible what they've done.
0: Yeah, it, it's a it's – a, you know, we can't say enough good things about uh, that team. I, I think that not just from their talent standpoint, but in uh, the fact that they're number one in the country, but just the fact that what they've gone through this year, and they actually had to do a mini-cap. You know, when we talked to Coach Hallowell earlier on an episode, you know, he mentioned that uh, <laughs> they had to spend their first two weeks of of the school year. Uh, where a lot of teams are, are going through, you know, preseason conditioning and things. They had to have a, a training camp in Dallas um, just to get everybody together. And they were t- taking classes out there until, uh, you know, their school got uh, cleaned up from, from the hurricane. And, um, you know, it, it, we, we talk a lot about uh, teams just uh, you know, players and teams and everything like that. And, and, and people that are non-athletes, uh, you know, may just think that, you know, people come out and hoop and they – you know, they're just hooping and they don't understand it. There's a lot more to it. Like you mentioned, the travel, we talked about, uh, you know uh, you know, when we we're talking about uh, the, the cascade conference, you know, and their travel schedule and their overnight stays. And um, there's just so much more to the season than just the games or just practice and, and uh, takes a wear and tear on the body and, and the mind. And, uh, like you said, when you're, when you're 20, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, uh, you know, especially some of these younger teams, that's probably what makes Gray so impressive is it? Right. they're, they're also, you know, not only are they 15 to one, but they, you know, they're a young team that's uh, still learning to, to how, how to handle themselves on the road and, and yeah. uh, how to change that. You know, we, we, we we as people are so routine, you know, based, like we, we get into a routine and like people have game day routines and, and you know, so when you're traveling or you're staying in an hotel, those routines change and uh, you know, these kids are constantly having to do that. And that's, that's what's so impressive about this Grace Lancer's team, because, you know, not only do they go out to Florida and, and you know, they've traveled it, then they got the crossroads schedule and um, you know, scattering reports are starting to get better and, and <laughs> the teams are starting to know what to do and, and they've handled themselves very, very well. Right. Yeah. And that's the whole other thing. is like, we talk about
1: matchups. We talk about you know, field goal percentage. We talk about basketball in this podcast. But the whole other side of this is the school side, right? And you have to do assignments on the bus, which was the absolute worst thing in the world. You got to do assignments in hotel rooms. You got to study. You got to write papers like that. On top of being a basketball player, I mean, it just it is not easy doing all that on the road.
0: Yeah, and you, in in for for those that don't know, I mean you can go to the national tournament. If you, uh, if you're ever at the team ho- where the, the hotel where the teams all stay at, you know, they have rooms that the teams reserved for study halls, you know? So like, you know, you would think that you're, you know, you could go down to a national tournament and, and, uh, you know, go, go concentrate on just playing games, but no, you still have schoolwork back home to do too. So yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's a lot of respect to these kids. It, it, it is grind of a season. Uh, you know, basketball goes from, you know, October all the way through March and uh, just such a long season. And and we're getting to the midway point now. And these kids are just uh, not only not only fun to watch on the court, but just a a lot of respect to them for what they do uh, away from the basketball court as well. Joining us for our coaches interview today is Grace College head coach Scott Moore. Coach Moore is in his third season as head coach and his 10th season overall at Grace College as he served as an assistant coach under legendary head coach Jim Kessler. Coach Moore also played at Grace and was a really good player for the Lancers before going over and having a terrific pro career as well overseas. He currently has his Lancers at 15-1 in the year and ranked number 7 in the country. Coach, uh, thank you for coming on and joining us. Uh, it's always great. Uh, we always enjoy uh, our our conversations with the coaches. Matter of fact, I think most of the, our audience uh, probably just for, fast forwards uh, through Pat and I conversation and, and go, jumps right to the coaches, and and we're okay with that. But, uh, uh, Coach, you know the, the Grace Lancers are, uh, you know, you guys are are growing uh, up as as we as we watch you guys. Uh, but at fifteen and one. Um, you know, you guys are no longer the young Lancers, you're, you're, you're a mature Lancer group. Um, can you just talk about uh, kind of your season so far and, and for the audience that's listening? Um, I know you guys have already played some big time games, uh, both in conference and out of conference, but, uh, you kind of want to do a rundown of your season so far.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, first off, I would just wanted to say thanks again, you guys for doing this. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun just to listen to coaches across the country. And I, uh, I knew I, I needed to get on here quick because, as soon as I, uh, as soon as I heard Coach Lubbers give his speech, and I go down to Southeastern and get my rear end kicked, uh, we, you know, we need to return the favor. So I got a big game coming up. So this was perfect timing. <laughs> um, you know, for us, it's, uh, it's been, a, you know, it's been a fun season. Obviously, winning is always fun. I think, you know, everybody's, you know, competitive and wants to win. But it's been a lot of fun just um, to kind of grow up with this team. Um, You know the summer, the summer was kind of a lot of uncertainty with what happened last year. And uh, you know, last year at the end of the season, I think we were we were one of those teams. We were probably just on the outside looking in. Uh, We had a couple nice wins throughout the year, but um, just probably didn't do quite enough. I thought if the tournament could have stayed 64, we had a pretty good chance to get in there. But you know, it didn't. Um, The teams uh, got you know the it got shrunk a little bit um, going into the tournament and. We were not one of those teams, so I thought this summer was really a, a big, a big situation for us just to see because you turn around and look, and um, we had one one junior coming back. I had one sophomore in Frankie Davidson um, who used the COVID, you know, COVID year, and then I had my four freshmen that played uh, decided they wanted to use their year, and so brought five freshmen in. Um, so you turn around, and you look at the roster, and you're like, holy cow! It's, uh, it's me and a lot of young guys and, uh, it, it's been, uh, it's been unique, but the cool thing about that is because they're so similar in ages, they're also very similar kind of in their walk and very similar in their, their, uh, where they're at, you know, academically, spiritually. Um, so it's been really neat just to see them kind of gel together pretty early on here. Um, going into the season, uh, you know, expectations, gosh, it was one of those my third year. I didn't, to be honest with you guys, I didn't really know. Um, I thought we were talented. I thought we had a good scheme. I thought we had players that really fit what we like to do. Um, so we got off to a really good start. Um, you know, we, we we won a tournament there early on and then uh, got into conference play. And next thing you know, um, you know, here comes St. Francis. Here comes Marion. Got to go on the road to uh, to – that team up north, the blue team. But, um, you know, they found a way. And uh, I think, you know, even you're watching those games, you're, you're a little surprised sometimes even you watching your guys just like, holy cow, like, you know, they're doing some things out there that even kind of blow me away at times. You know, Frankie, Frankie makes some shots or does some things. You just kind of scratch your head and go, man, I'm, I'm glad he's on my team. Um, but, had a good, good four games through conference and, uh, had a chance to go down to Florida here and, you know, played a, played a Weber team played well. And then, uh, you know, had our first loss in the season by two against a really good Southeastern team. Um, coach lovers does a terrific job and, you know, a tournament team. And, uh, I think it was time. I think that was, was, was good for us just to experience that. Um, you know, you learn a lot. I think you do learn a lot more in those, those situations where you can get beat, um, it's tough to win games, right? It's tough to win in general. It's tough to win on the road. It's tough to win conference games. Um, but that was good for us. And then coming back home, uh, you know, we had an opportunity just to, to play Cornerstone with Coach Elders. You know, one of the one of the big timers. Yeah. We, uh, one of the guys who's, you know, Cornerstone's probably the Mount Rushmore, right, on the NAI hoops. And, uh, man, I was tired after that game. I didn't even play. Right. coach, I, just, coach I,
0: I don't want to interrupt you but I was tired and I only watched so <laughs> I just like
2: I don't sweat a whole lot and I got done with that I felt like I worked out I think my Apple watch said that I had like 1500 calories burned or something I'm like I'm not sure I worked out today even so um, you know that was a fun game Those are games are fun to be a part of right It's yeah. just uh, yeah. you get your, you get caught sometimes where you can coach a game but you you become a fan uh, honestly the game's going on. And just a, a, a really well-played game. You know, I think someone has said uh, we played 50 minutes. And both our teams, I think, ended with like eight turnovers. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's just like just a quality small college basketball game with big-time players. And they've got big-time players. So to get that one and then have to turn on the road, you know, we, uh, we, I, made the, I made the schedule for a reason. Uh, I did that on purpose where, you know, I thought that, you know, that Cornerstone game was going to be a tough one. And then have to turn, you know, less than sixteen hours. Get on a bus and head up to Michigan. And play a really good Great Lakes team. You know, the team that's, you know, not even they're not NAI yet. They're they're looking to to head that direction, but they are so good. And you know, that's that's a game a lot of NAI teams probably won't play. And I thought it was good for us. Just uh, you know, they took St. Francis down to the wire early in the season. Um, had a chance to beat Spring Arbor late. Um, so. Coach Westland does a great job. So just, uh, to, to get out of that, you know, we're down 20 going into yep. the second half and, uh, just finding a way, man. Um, but it was good for us. It was good two wins. And now we, uh, now we get Crossroads League here on out. So
0: hang on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, first off to go back to kind of what you said, I, I enjoy Coach Westerlund a lot. I, I, uh, I hope they do come in the eye quick. Uh, I would love to have him on the podcast as well. He does a great job over there and, and, uh, um, just yeah, that, that is a tough road trip. Uh, we talked about a little bit of Pat and I did about uh, a little bit before you came on, um, and this is kind of a point that actually I don't know if you listened to uh, Coach Colby Blaine uh, from College of Idaho, but I did. You know something he said um, that kind of resonated, and, and kind of you can allude to it too. But um, that Florida trip, and, and even uh, you know your guys' unique schedule and the crossroads a little bit. Uh, you know, it's a, it was an opportunity for your guys to kind of you know, understand the, you know, travel and, and get a change in the in their uh, schedule, you know, and, and not just like their actual <laughs> basketball schedule, but their daily routine and their pregame routine and, you know, having to go over scouts in the hotels and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that, I think that's kind of stuff that and even your last two games, the Cornerstone and Great Lakes with a quick turnaround um, that can help prepare you for a march because, you know, you guys do have to turn around and play you know, back-to-back days and, and win back-to-back games, uh, you know, with, with short notice and short breaks and, and all that stuff. So, um, can you maybe talk about your Florida trip? And I know you alluded to a little bit about the, the loss is good for you. And I, you hear that a lot from coaches, but, um, maybe just talk about how that grew you, you know, helped you guys grow up a little bit. And then, you know, you guys as a young group, um, and I know some of you guys, or a lot of your guys, are uh, uh, returners from last year. Even though they may be freshmen or sophomores, still this year um, they're not your your true freshmen or sophomores. But um, now that you got the Gibbs Gibbs twins back and uh, things like that, but uh, uh, just how how a trip to Florida like that can can help you uh, come come March.
2: Yeah, I think one thing that was neat that I had as a player with Coach Kessler, and uh, one thing I've tried to do as a coach myself is. You know, we have the unique opportunity where every Christmas we try to go somewhere and just, you know, it's I think it's important to uh, to play other other programs, you know, across the country because, you know, it's very, you know, we're a little spoiled in the Midwest. We have, you know, I can go shoot if I stay two and a half hours around me. Right. I could play 30 teams and that opportunity just to get on a plane and you forget that sometimes, you know, you forget. You know my six ten kid Elijah Malone, who, you know, if if people haven't heard yet, he's he's not going to be a secret much longer because um, the kid's got a got an opportunity to make some money. I think after college,
0: coach, playing, I'm, playing. coach, I'm not going to interrupt you again. But uh, if anybody watched that cornerstone game and watched him, I I'm sure maybe you were terrified. But when he got the rebound and went coast to coast for a jam, I mean that just tells you right there. <laughs> that, I just I know. keep
2: thinking that I'm going to get a phone call saying, hey, this is. Uh, this is so-and-so from a mid-major, high-major, and uh, I'm stealing
0: your player. Uh, I also, yeah, he's hes uh, hes something different, man. He's pretty special. I, did, but, I didn't want to cut you off, but I also do, do want to throw in there, too, that if I was a cornerstone kid, I'd get the heck out of the way, too. But but go, go ahead and continue. you. I thought I'd, I'd throw it that in there. A char- That's a charge you don't actually want to get, I don't think. I no, think I, I'm okay with, I, with that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, but, no, it's uh, – it's, uh, you forget when you take those trips that – you know, as coaches and, and, you know, someone who's been doing this a long time, I've been, you know, I've been to what, 15, 16 different countries. You know, I played two, um, got to coach, got to play, got to travel a lot with basketball and basketball. That's what's so special about this sport is, you know, you're able to use the sport um, to see things and do things that, you know, not not a normal everyday you know student can do um, or have that opportunity. So, uh, you know, Elijah Malone, first time he's ever been on a plane in his life and and you you take that for granted sometimes as a coach it's really neat to see see these guys experience that and you know to see the ocean for the first time to uh to just do that so that's what's special I think but from the game side then to to you know you you hear about players and coaches and you know everybody knows you know if I brought up the name you know the uh, Kyle Mangus well they know him because they play him they see him every day but you know if you bring up you know Mason Walters you know from Jamestown, yeah. like they yeah. know him but they don't know him right yeah. and and I thought it was really neat you know you get to you get to see some of these guys firsthand and and you know you're sitting in a hotel and you're going holy cow you know we're going to be able to see this uh this southeastern team and you know Riley Minix is you know yeah. I, you know I know him and I've seen him but he was hurt all last year Yep. And uh, I've heard, you know, Kevin talk about how special he is and what type of kid he is. So, you know, to get there and to be able to play against, you know, not, again, not just one player, but, uh, you know, an All-American, you know, potential player of the year candidate. It's these guys know that. Right. And they get to finally put a face to a name and see that person in action. So I think those situations are huge. And, you know, touching back on the, the loss, you know, I don't I don't think every you know every coach will sit there and say, I, you know, I want to lose games. But again, I do think. There's moments that you just – it's okay to get beat. I mean, I think that's one thing that's wrong today is we're so afraid to lose um, or fail that we hold back. And whether that's holding back with, you know, scheduling teams like that or hold back with we just – we don't put an effort to – because, you know, you don't want to get turned down or whatnot. But, like, those are opportunities that, that, you know, they're going to make you great so that when you are in March and you do have to beat a great team – um, honestly, that's why I think that the Crossroads League does so well at the national tournament every year. Is you just kind of every night you feel like you're playing a ranked team. Sometimes you are right. Sometimes you're yeah. playing three, four, five in a row. Um, but I do think once you get to the national tournament, you know you're going to win some games and you're going to have an opportunity because you get to see it night in and night out. So again, that Florida trip was huge for us. You know, next year we we'll get an opportunity to to bring in some Cascade teams, which is going to be really special. Get to play Oregon Tech and Bushnell. Yeah. Um, and then the following year, we get to go out there to Oregon, Klamath Falls, be able to do that, which will be pretty unique. I'm going to go out to Phoenix next year. So it's funny; it's changed. Uh, when Coach K scheduled, we uh, it, we went. To, it seems like we went to a lot colder places during the winter time. <laughs> now that I've taken over, I feel like uh, the, the the my assistant, Coach Widener, has to find a golf course uh, before we pick the hotel. So there you uh, go. That's, that's usually how we pick our trips. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Coach, we'll we'll roll right with that with assistance. So and you mentioned the crossroads league. What role do these assistants play, especially down the stretch, when it comes to scouting? Obviously Coach Widener has some crossroads experience. What what is the value in that?
2: Well, it's hard to do this by yourself. Like I think anyone's crazy to say they can they can be successful, you know, doing it all themselves. This is a hard job. And you know, what do you want to be good at, right? You want to be good at X's and O's? Do you want to be good at, you know, defensive side of the ball? Do you want to be good at film? Do you want to be good at scouts? You know, for me, uh, just personally, I thought it was extremely important to get out of the so-called just the, the X's and O's of basketball. And I, not that I get out of that, but like, I, I spend a lot of time with Stephen and Jordan and try to let them learn how to do that side whereas I can focus on the relationships with my kids and I always thought this like you know you hear this all the time it doesn't really matter what they know right if they're not willing to to do it um and do it for you at a high level what they're doing doesn't really matter so I spend a lot of time in that I think relationship side of the things is is kind of my you know my specialty or my forte that I try to spend time on and then you know Jordan you know, heck, he's. You know, I'm sure he's been working on the Indiana Wesleyan scout for weeks. And you know, Stevens turned around and he did the Great Lakes scout, and now he's watching film, getting ready for our next game. And it's just, it's huge that relationship to trust those guys and then have them have impact um, and let them have say because you know one day, that's what they're going to do if they want to do this. Then the best thing you can do is what Coach K did for me, and give you opportunity to just. Uh, to get involved and uh, stay out of the way sometimes. Sometimes, you know, my answer is not the right answer. So yeah. it's it's been good. You know,
0: I'll I'll uh, I'll jump in here because it was it was a unique situation late in the in that cornerstone game, um, and it's happened a couple times this year. But I, I just this is the most fresh off in my my mind, but the, where. Your uh, you guys, I, think, I can't remember if it was an overtime or, or regulation, but uh, uh, there was a timeout called, and and uh, there was already a play on that. Your assistant handed you to the clipboard with a play already, and you guys talked through it before you went and uh, brought it to the team a little bit during the timeout. And it was just kind of one of those unique situations where, for me, it's cool to see that around the NEI, and some assistants actually, you know, actually go into the huddle and, and draw the play up. But you know, every, any situation, but it's cool to see that ownership uh, from head coaches that. You know, especially in, in a tight game like that, where they're, they're you know bringing in the acknowledgement of the co- of their assistants and and trying to figure out the best situation or best uh, possible outcome for them.
2: So. Sure, you're saying our camera's too close, then, right? Is that what you're saying? You, you know, you, cannot,
0: you couldn't see the play itself, but yeah, <laughs> but you know, if you would have actually ran a flare, and st- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's trust me.
2: I, I got a twin brother that tells me everything I do wrong uh, the the night of usually, so um 15 and one doesn't really matter man it's uh i might as well be one in 15 because i get it all
0: <laughs> hey it makes it better though it makes it better but uh, you know i i uh, before we kind of get to turn around turn the corner uh, on 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 this week ahead uh can you you want to just it's kind of a unique situation obviously with you guys your your kids are young you've you've really built a program and you're going to have a lot of four-year kids can you just talk about your philosophy and recruiting and and not only that, but you, you got a full roster of almost all Indiana kids. Um, can you just talk about yeah, Coach, kind of this your is... guys' approach? And
2: yeah, um, you know my philosophy with recruiting. Um, when I got the job, you know, and I don't mind—I don't mind sharing this because I think heck, it, it, it wouldn't be a secret if you looked at my roster anyway. Um, you know, I recruiting Indiana kids, recruiting four-year kids I, like that's not something that I just like put on the top of my list like hey I have to get you know they have to be from Indiana they have to be four-year players you know we're not going to take transfers we're not going to take junior college well the unique opportunity that I have is you know I played at Grace right so I played there yeah. from 04 to 08 you know obviously you know when Pat was playing at Holy Cross like I remember you know coming back and coaching I got to coach with my brother for three years at Mount Vernon but then i met. At, back at Grace for seven years with Coach K before I got the job. And it's um it's easy to sell something that you believe in. So when I give my pitch, you know, I'm pitching stuff that like, look, man, like I am Grace. It is me. Like I'm 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 not selling any magic tricks here. I'm selling what I believe in. And I'm not so sure every coach across the country believes what they're selling, to be completely honest with you. Um in fact I know they aren't. So that's important to me. Um, It's fortunate. You know, I was very blessed to get this job. I I, I think it's one of the best jobs in the country. So to be able to have this as your first job and who knows, maybe my last. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be 45 years like Coach K, but, you know, (laughs) it's, uh, it's a special place. And when we did this, I just wanted to be a little different. So I thought if I could bring in, you know, big players, bigger guards, long athletic you know my pitch was always like kind of how i wanted to play where as a player you know i had a brother that you know scored 2400 points in in college was phenomenal i had two post players that were first team all america i mean eric gaff is unbelievable right but it always felt like i didn't care if i had two or 22 and i didn't have 22 very often i probably had two more often than that (laughs) but you know i thought that it's just fun to be a part of a team when a different guy can lead you in scoring or this guy can win this game for you. So I thought if I could recruit bigger, longer guys that could play more than one position now, instead of just saying, Hey, you know, you're a four man, right? Like, so that's your position. So you're my four, a, you're the first guy, you're the starter. And then here's my backup four. And then here's my backup point guard. Well, what we did is just like, Hey, can you play basketball? Like if you can play basketball and you play hard and you have some intangibles that we like, like I'm going to give you an opportunity. And it's funny as I've gotten into this, the starting lineup and, you know, playing guys and playing time. It's honestly, it's the easiest thing we do. They just kind of do it for themselves. And, uh, I've been pleased with how hard they play um, as far as like the logistics of, Hey, do you get Indiana kids Do you get these kids, you know, it's important to me to get, like, I want to get the good local kids. Like it's, you know, you just, it's tough to have good local players go to different schools and you lose out and especially crossroads, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, when Kyle's having the career at you Wesley and Paul's up at spring Arbor, you know, doing what he's doing and, Like, I think it's important to me. So like this class specifically, you know, the Stoltzfus kid was pretty under-recruited and I'm, I'm just sitting here like, like, I just don't want him to end up at a conference school. I don't want to lose out on an opportunity to coach him. He plays hard. You know, I know he's not big and he's not, you know, fit that criteria that we have, but we didn't have a guy like that. And so it was important to get him the sick kids, you know, South Whitley kid just down the road. Um, We're recruiting Warsaw kids right now. So That's pretty important to me, although, you know, if you do take a look at our roster, a lot of them are, you know, Indianapolis kids. Obviously, Wadding's out of the region, um, a couple hours away from Chesterton. But, no, I don't really have any, like, I got to get this kid or this kid. But we recruit fairly local, I think, within the two and a half hours or so. Yeah. Well, You could have just
1: said, you know. In 49 states, it's just basketball, but this is Indiana. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it is. I'm from well, Central, I'm is, from Central is Indiana. That, I'll go like, ahead and
2: I, say... I, I tell you what, I need to get a few more region kids because those those boys are a little different, man. Jake Wadding, yeah. Uh, yeah, he plays a little different than some of my other cats. Well, you yeah. may. Uh... I'm
1: from I'm from Central Indiana, and and I'll be the one to say it. That's where the best basketball talent in all of America is. <laughs> you know, <it> is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah the central idea.
1: the problem is that you know mary's got that locked up man
0: they keep know, taking those yeah. indie kids coach you know i i uh moving in you know i don't want to take uh pat luster here you know he's the one that's always on twitter talking about our, our record with coaches uh um after the, the interview but uh, you do have a big one coming up this week um uh, indiana wesleyan um you do get him at home the first go around uh you know i don't want you to you don't have to go into game plan or anything like that but uh you want to talk about them and the crossroads a little bit and just kind of what you've seen so far. And, and uh, obviously the league is always great. Um, I know we mentioned last week, it, it's kind of unique with a little bit of the turnover from, from, uh, you know, some of you know, Mangus and Cruz and them uh, and Walter and I keep going on and on, but uh, you know, losing, there's a little bit of turnover player wise and uh, maybe the first year in a while I've seen where maybe the crossroads league, uh, you know, lost something out of conference games that, that they don't normally, you know, usually you guys beat up on everybody <laughs> around the country and then beat up on each other in the league. But yep. uh the league's going to have probably five or six you know I don't want to I, I don't know what the 64 field of 64 is going to look like but I would imagine uh crossroads league's going to get five or six teams in uh to that field. Yeah. Um you want to talk about the league a little bit and just to kind of uh kind of what you've seen so far?
2: Well, you you, you know you're you're always biased to who you play so I'm sure the I'm sure the cascade the Mid-South and the mid south and the g pack and you know and this year shoot the uh California, Holy cow, the... Um, GSAC, yeah. Yeah, my gosh. You know, they probably have something to say about it too. But, you know, I just... I always felt like, you know, this was... This was the best NAI conference. And it's it's been like that for a long time where you're just one through ten, man. I mean, it usually you can take a deep breath and, you know, maybe you go into a game Saturday. But you just can't. You can't because not only are you going to get beat, you're going to get embarrassed, right? So, you know, this year... I, I do agree with you. I think that this is probably the first year in a long time where, you know, I don't think there's, I think there's really good players still. And obviously the same coaches like, man, our, yeah. Yep. Our assistant coaches, Holy smokes, man. Like you just got some, some guys, we we joke around all the time. Like if, if I of our sets, I could just call some other coach in the league and say, Hey, how do <laughs> I run my play again? Because you guys run it better than we do. Um, so, yeah, but there's no, I don't think there's any, you know, there's no spectacular like this is obviously the best player of the league or the best two players of the league. You know, the Asia, the Asia kid is tough as nails. The St. Frank Kush is tough as nails. Um, you know, Marion Christian Stewart I mean, shoots the lights out. So there's plenty of great players, but it's, you know, it's still the same. It's still the jersey is the same. The coach is the same, and they'll be well prepared. You know, Tuesdays is going to be fun. It's – uh you know, that game last year was, was unique where, yeah. you know, they were, you know, they were, I don't know, 17-0, and 18-0 or something like that. And we had an opportunity to knock them off and you turn around and there's like 40 people in the gym because of restrictions. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, okay, this is, this is cool, but this would have been sweet with 3,000. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, obviously Coach Tonegal and Coach Clark just do a tremendous job. And, it's, you know, it's just still the same jersey, right? I know they don't have that kid, but it's just funny when you watch film. It's like, look, they still play the same way. And in, in a little bit of a unique way, you know, maybe now instead of one guy, now they got four or five guys that, you know, are trying to piece together what that one guy was, which be, I think becomes even more dangerous sometimes. Um, so it'll be a good game. It'll be up-tempo. You know, obviously it's the crossroads is fast-paced. It's fun to watch. It's typically low turnover game it's clean games so you know but again for us as much as that game's important you know so's the next so's the next so's the next and i think that's the teams when you find yourself at the end of the year you know you can get beat pretty easily a couple in a row and you can drop in a couple you know three four conference games in a row but you can't i mean you can't take a deep breath you got to figure it out you know because everybody's got to play everybody and everybody's got to play them twice and everybody has to play all You know, everyone else has to go to Mount Vernon three hours away. Um, So it's, uh, it's fun to be a part of it's um, I'm not sure that um, now that I've been in it, would it be nice to take a breather one Tuesday night, you know, randomly? Yes. It would be fantastic. But again, to what we alluded earlier, I think it just helps us if we're good enough to get into that 64 uh, to do what we're trying to do when it's hang a banner.
0: Yeah. And I, you mentioned the field of 64, and then that's, uh, that's going to be your first year with it. You know, you, you guys were unfortunately on the, on the wrong side of, of the 48 field last year, and I thought that you guys had an argument. Uh, you guys in Huntington both last year had a chance to uh, – had an argument to get in. And, uh, you know, this year, you, you know, knock on wood, I, I would think that, again, the crossroads teams are going to get those extra couple teams in um, that maybe some other teams other leagues don't. But uh, um, always going to be fun, uh, or always a fun league to watch. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on coach. Uh, you know, I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, not just Tuesday, but the rest of the season. And, uh, hopefully we can get you back on maybe around tournament time. Appreciate it guys. Thanks so much. Thanks coach. Scott Moore from the grace Lancers, a program that is definitely on the rise and I hard to say, Pat, I, I don't know if I want to say on the rise cause they're already here, you know, at 15 and one and top 10 in the country. Uh, Great conversation, a great insight uh, to one of the best programs in the country and, and a program that is here to stay for the next few years as, as they are very, very young and very, very talented. Right, yeah,
1: super young, super talented, excited you know, to see them the rest of the season, but especially this week, right, as, as we look forward to the next week, a huge, huge test against Indiana Wesleyan. Wesleyan, as we mentioned earlier, kind of hitting their stride, I, I think starting to find that a rhythm between with Maxwell. So we'll see Maxwell go up against Malone on the inside, which is going to be as good of a matchup on the interior as you'll see, you know, across the country. So excited to see them. One other game I have scheduled or, or scheduled, um is St. Francis, Illinois versus all of that. I think uh, the size of St. Francis has a chance to bother the size of all of So excited to see that matchup in the CCAC.
0: Yeah. I and mean, I think, uh you know, CCAC with three teams, uh, you know, going to get, three teams into the uh, the field of 64 this year, you know, who is that third team and St. Francis is a team in that league that, uh, that could definitely make that uh, a case to be that third team and uh, a a good matchup for that one. Um, I, I can't uh, go any further than Saturday Uh, for me. um, Several games I'm intrigued about this week, but uh, we get our second. uh, Well, I shouldn't say our second, because it's it's our rankings that have the number one and number two Uh, in the actual coaches poll. They're number one and number three, but we got to, Heck of a matchup uh, between uh, Loyola and Talladega on Saturday. Um, just two teams that uh, uh, I, I love watching. I, I know that uh, – uh, I don't know if everybody's had a chance to watch both teams yet, but Loyola is, is very, very good um, on both ends of the floor. They're very experienced. Uh, Talladega is the same way. Um, you know, they there's so much talent. So there's going to be three All-Americans on the floor at the same time. There's going to be Division I transfers on the floor – uh, there are going to be, uh, two very, very good coaches, uh, head coaches that are going to be there. Uh, the game ha- basically has everything that you could ask for in the eye and, and, and a little bit different style of play. I mean, for those people that don't know, I mean, like, just like, the uh, uh, NCAA tournament or NCAA uh, conferences, you know, there's different styles of basketball all across the country. And, and I love the, the uh, Southern teams and, and their style. And, uh, you know, these two teams actually play a contrasting style, you know, uh, Loyola is going to gonna really get out and try to score it and talladega is just gonna guard like we've discussed several times uh, on the podcast i mean they're gonna just gonna flat out defend you so uh that game on saturday is gonna be a fun uh fun battle of of who can win the the or who can control the pace of the game and if Loyola can turn the the notch up and play fast and make talladega play fast you, you gotta think that they're the favorite and if talladega can can slow it down and, and uh you know force loyola to you know or force them into the shot clock a lot of times i think uh and Taldeig is the favorite to win that one. And uh, just a game I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, two teams that, uh, you know, they're from the same league, but they uh, you definitely can see them in the national title game as well. And then, you know, the, the other thing I want to point out, Pat, is that, uh, and this isn't just a game, but more so um, a league uh, that I'm very interested to watch this week and how it shapes out is the Mid-South. Um, you know, Mid-South is, is you know one of the other perennial powers of, of the NEI especially uh you know the crossroads they were the perennial power of the of the NEI division 2 um the mid south was kind of the perennial power of the division 1 here lately and the GSAC's part of that too but uh, as we came one division you know it was the mid south in the in the in the crossroads league that they kind of came into the one division as the as the cream of the crop as you would say of the, of the NEI and and uh the mid south's been kind of quiet this year uh, you know, just from the team wise and, and uh, with Shawnee State, uh, the defending national champions, um, you know, they're, they're now currently outside of top 25. And you have some teams that are just losing uh, to each other a little bit right now. And, and there's some intriguing games. Shawnee State uh, traveling to Thomas Moore tonight. Uh, and then you got Georgetown at Campbell or at Campbellsville tonight. Um, just games like that, that, uh, you know, a couple top 25 teams uh, that they're going to face some stiff competition. The Midstops always good. Um, and just be interested to see kind of how that mid south shapes out. Shapes out, uh, just as you have a lot of teams that seem to be, you know, very very similar in that league. Um, so, just something to watch this week, and, and maybe something we can talk about next episode. Just to see kind of how the mid south uh, week goes, and uh, maybe we'll get a coach on from there. Not just not a spoiler alert, but uh, maybe we'll get a coach <laughs> on from the mid south next week. So, uh, but yeah, some of the, some of the follow for sure. Yeah,
1: and one other game I think deserves to be noted is is Tennessee Wesleyan at Union on Tuesday is going to be a thriller in the Appalachians. So excited to see, you know, we said earlier about how, you know, all of these games in the next coming weeks are are ultra important and conference standings are on the line. So who can separate themselves? Who can be tough enough? Who can navigate kind of this COVID dynamic um, as we move, you know, towards the end of the season?
0: That, it's that time of year. We're going to start seeing a lot of uh, the conference pictures be painted over the next couple of weeks, so uh, make sure you stay tuned. I'm sure that uh, we will cover a lot more of it next week. Uh, from Until then, this is Junior Pat signing off.